This is the story of an extraordinary fall from grace, of a man who once held the admiration of a nation and garnered international acclaim. The, the bank has taken initiatives uh, that are not always similar. So there, there will be initiatives to maintain stability because the stability, monetary stability is important uh, for Lebanon. But now he became, for many, the reviled figure of Lebanon's corrupt ruling elite, which has led to an unprecedented economic collapse, now in its fourth year. This is the story of Riyad Salemi, Lebanon's former central bank governor, once celebrated as a financial wizard who kept Lebanon's economy burgeoning for years, he's now an international fugitive, wanted by France and Germany, sanctioned by the US and the UK. He's wanted for the alleged embezzlements of hundreds of millions of dollars in Lebanese public funds, which were funneled into real estate properties across Europe and the US. The Salimi saga shows how a man was able to appropriate an institution for his personal gain and that of his inner circle for decades without raising alarms from auditors, international banks, and even central bank employees until the entire system finally crumbled. In early 2021, I started investigating Riyad Salami's dealings as the country was suffering from a severe shortage of fuel, electricity, and medication. The currency was plummeting, Lebanon has defaulted on its debt, and people were left wondering where all the money had gone. I started with a small lead, the name of a cryptic company, Fourier Associates, owned by his brother, which was circulating in the local press. At the time, none of the central bank and banking sector insiders I reached out to had ever heard of it. After years of investigation, we finally have the first comprehensive account on Horiyat Salemi, allegedly embezzled more than $330 million from the central bank with the help of his relatives. The role of Furry as a shell company, allegedly designed solely to siphon off the money, the layer of interconnected companies, the accomplices, and the complex money flow across the world have all been revealed. All of this was exposed in the Salame papers published in the National based on judicial documents. This is Beyond the Headlines, and I'm Nada Mukuran Atalla. This week, we're delving into the story behind Riyad Salami's fall from grace. But before we start, if you want to get all the latest episodes as soon as they come out, then just hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. So, what exactly are the embezzlement accusations against Riyad Salami? As the financial sector is incurring losses of more than $70 billion, and ordinary depositors can't get their money from the banks, Riyad Salemis, the former central bank governor, is under investigation in at least seven different countries, including France, Germany, the US, Switzerland, Liechtenstein, Belgium, Luxembourg, for alleged money laundering. I spoke to Mike Azar, a Lebanese financial expert, who has been closely following the case from the outset. Riyad Salemi is the former, now former central bank governor of Lebanon, and he held that position for 30 years, longest serving central bank governor maybe in history. Uh, and he was a very important pillar in the financial establishment here because he was there for so long and he was so important in um, really every stage of the post-civil war economic and financial evolution of this country leading up to the crisis. Um, he saw everything that happened. He was very involved 
politically. A lot of the work he did had political implications. He wasn't a typical central bank governor, which is a you know neutral technocrat who just monitors monetary policy. And so he's a very important figure in modern Lebanese uh, history and, and politics. Riyad Salami is the engineer of Lebanon's monetary policy since 1993. He pegged the Lebanese pound at about 1,500 to the dollar for more than two decades. This required a constant flow of dollars, which became then the primary objective of the central bank. It was achieved through high interest rates, an approach that was criticized as a massive Ponzi scheme, using borrowed money to pay existing debts, ultimately leading to a total collapse. The reason it's called a Ponzi scheme is because when somebody would deposit money here, expecting to earn 10-12% interest, uh, the central bank and the banks weren't generating that revenue to be able to pay the depositor. So the only place that money could come from to pay that interest was from convincing another depositor to send money. And then that kept growing and growing until eventually there was just not enough money and the whole system collapsed. No. Riyad Salami is being accused of siphoning funds from the central bank to enrich himself and his inner circle. Amélie Lefebvre is one of the two French lawyers who initiated legal action against Riyad Salami in France on behalf of the anti-corruption NGO Sherpa in 2021. Their complaint led to the opening of an investigation by the French National Financial Prosecutor's Office, multiple indictments of his accomplices and of an arrest warrant for the former governor. She explains how it all started. Well, the beginning of this case is quite simple. After the beginning of the crisis in Lebanon at the end of 2019, we were contacted by a certain number of Lebanese, mainly Lebanese individuals, who reported to us us some information which revealed the presence in France of very important assets of some Lebanese um, officials, public and private officials. And what came to our um, mind is how shocking it was that while the Lebanese people were struggling with the crisis and the collapse of uh, the banking system, others... Uh, including those who were precisely in charge of managing and protecting this banking system, had accumulated and continued to accumulate huge amounts of monies in France, but also elsewhere in, in Europe. And from there, we started to work on this gathering of information and analyzing this and came to the conclusion that indeed this amounts to the commission of criminal offense in in France. Mike Hazard outlined how the alleged embezzlement scheme operated through commissions collected from 2002 to 2016 by Fourier Associates, a company owned by Riyad Salami's brother. The Fourier accusation is uh, an allegation that the central bank's governor the central bank governor's brother created a company called Fori that was to act as a broker between the central bank and Lebanese and potentially other commercial banks and to earn a commission, a broker fee, for every transaction that was executed between those parties. But what was uncovered in the investigation was that Fori has no clients. 
Fori has no employees. Fori has no real physical presence. Nobody knows Fori on either side of the transaction. And so it's unclear what exactly Fori did other than earn a commission on every transaction. And that's a very you know, clear sign that money is being skimmed illegally uh, from the top of these transactions. On top of that, it was owned by the central bank governor's brother. And when the money was traced, it became apparent that all those commissions, upwards of $300 million, eventually made their way to the personal bank accounts of the central bank governor and his uh, entourage. Um, and so the central bank governor and his entourage are being accused of embezzling public funds uh, because when there is no economic rationale for the commission, then one has to think, well, where would that money have gone? It would have gone to the central bank. And the central bank is a public institution, so this is public money. That was just basically, basically very clearly uh, embezzled and stolen. And it's, the evidence is really overwhelming. Um, and it's really, what's remarkable about it is just how obvious it was and how something like that can take place here without anybody noticing over a 10, 20 year period. Properties bought by foreign funds have been identified across the EU and the US. In France, real estate valued at over 17 million euros have been frozen. In total, over 120 million euros worth of assets tied to Riyad Salemi in Europe have been confiscated. They could potentially be returned to Lebanon. These confiscated goods, confiscated ill-gotten assets, can be returned uh, for the benefit of the Lebanese population. It's important that the Lebanese state be a party to this procedure in that respect. Now, the restitution mechanism is quite new in France, and uh, some it, it will be uh, a novelty in certain ways. Uh, in any event, it cannot and it will not happen until uh, a sentencing has become definitive. So after a trial, there might be an appeal. After an appeal, there might be a recourse before the Cour de Cassation, which is uh, the equivalent of our highest criminal court. Um, once all of these uh, steps have been uh, taken, and once there has been a, a, a definitive sentencing, then the mechanism restitution can be triggered, which means that the funds can be restituted to the Lebanese state precisely for projects which are, and this is a requirement from the French law, which are in the interest of the Lebanese population. It has to serve general interest. The repatriation of stolen funds requires first a trial, which the French lawyers expect to happen in a few months in France, where the investigation has advanced at a very rapid pace and is now approaching its conclusion. And we can see with the arrest warrant that the judge is determined um, not to be slowed down by some attempts of the defense to create blockades in the procedure. So we hope that the investigations might close um, in the beginning or at least the first half of 2024. And then eventually... There will be a trial and a, a date could be set for a trial after that, a few months after that. If found guilty, the sanctions for the governor and his alleged accomplices, which include the Lebanese banker, mistresses and family members, would be significant. 
the sanctions that are provided by the law for, for the specific offenses which are prosecuted now uh, amount up to 10 years of imprisonment and important fines, depending on the various offenses, the fines range from um, 150,000 euros to 750,000 euros um, with one specificity for money laundering in France, uh, the uh, fine can be increased to half of the value of the the money laundered. So we can go way above the 750,000 euros. Vietzelimi dismissed the allegations as a conspiracy to blame him for Lebanon's collapse and maintains that no trace of public funds ever entered his personal accounts. In May, he refused to comply with his subpoena in France. It is, however, there is something that always strikes us. And despite the diversity of cases and the, the experience, we, we never get used to it. It is the greediness, the amounts and the disdain for any form of accountability from people who were in charge uh, and were trusted to protect the public interest. In the case of Riyad Salami, particularly, it is also quite shocking to see the total absence of any form of repentance, any form of questioning, um, and the absolute disdain he has for the French judges and another country's judicial authorities, uh, but also the Lebanese uh, judicial authorities. And I think this comes from the fact that he has been getting uh, away with it for so long that probably, probably, I might be wrong, part of him believes that he can pull this off again, whereas the investigations and um, the criminal case in France uh, goes to show that most certainly there will be a trial and he will have the opportunity to present a defense. While international investigations are gathering pace in Lebanon, the ruling elite appears to remain unaccountable, seemingly hovering about the reach of the law. Riyad Salemi has himself benefited from unwavering backing from the entire political class for decades. The judiciary in Lebanon is very heavily influenced by the political establishment who, again, appoint them and have a lot of control over them. So if the political leadership doesn't have the will and the desire for something to move forward on the judicial track, then it won't. And we've seen that not just in the central bank governor's case, uh, but in many other cases in Lebanon. Um, and the unfortunate consequence of that is that it becomes very clear that there's very little credibility in the legal system here because politicians can just decide what crimes, what serious crimes they choose to pursue and which ones they choose to uh, block. And clearly they've decided that they're better off not uncovering what was happening at the central bank and to try to sweep it under the rug, pretend like nothing happened and try to move on with a clean slate. And of course, what the consequence of that will be is that we'll just find ourselves in another crisis of this magnitude 10 years down the line, because nothing will have changed. For decades, everyone turned blind eyes on how the central bank was managed. No one raised the alarm. Well, clearly a massive failure in all levels of governance for something like this to fly under the radar and for the auditors, um, uh, Deloitte and Ernst & Young, not to uncover it, for the parliament not to uncover it, for the Ministry of Finance not to uncover it, for the uh, four vice governors and the two government representatives who are on the central committee, 
nobody uncovered it because nobody was looking. Nobody cared because nobody, firstly, most of them don't have the credentials to be able to uncover something like this because, again, they were not appointed because of their credentials. They're appointed because they're political loyalists. And two, people just were not doing their job. Riyad Salami's 40-year reign at the Central Bank ended on July 31st. And since then, he has been keeping a low profile. While his passport has been seized, rumors speculate that he might have left the country. Wassim Mansouri took on the role of interim head of the Banque du Liban. He promised more transparency and independence. Mike Razar is skeptical. Well, so far, we've seen nothing that should give us confidence that the status quo is going to change. We've heard talk before. Um, until we start seeing change and we see the new central bank leadership challenging the political establishment, taking the difficult decisions at personal and political cost to themselves, which is what would happen, we should have no reason to think that anything's going to change because the whole incentive structure is designed around maintaining the status quo. This was Beyond the Headlines. Thanks this week to Mike Hazard and Amélie Lefebvre. This episode was produced by Matt Kenson, Arthur Edison, and Doha Fadi. And I'm your host, Nada Mokouan Atala. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with others who might benefit from this conversation.